0: hello 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 everybody welcome back to passions podcast the podcast where we talk about the soap opera passions i I know i've said that so many times and all of a sudden my brain like started to blank we talk about the soap opera passions yay i'm your regular host latara back with with a guest who hasn't been on the show in a very long time but friend of the show steven welcome
1: hey thanks for having me
0: of course, of course. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited to talk about this week. Um, we're in, we did episode 601 through 605. Yes, that's what you watched?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a bizarre week, but that's very passions-esque.
0: I mean, every, yeah, every week is a bizarre week on passions. I mean, every week is a bizarre week on passions. But I, I will say that this week was particularly like, uh, silly in, especially with the Sheridan and Louise stuff, like, it was particularly silly. So um, we are gonna get started. But before we do, I have to say a quick shout out to my patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Muna Marcus, Brelin, Lisa, Sid, Sorana, Randall, Hannah, Camelia, Samantha, Jeanette, Eric, Fantasia, Sean, S, Larissa, Maria, Greg Lopez, Fitzgerald, Lisa, Jessica Jean, Laura, Karen, and Uche. Thank you all so much for being patrons, supporting the show. We've been having a lot of fun doing the watch parties. We've been having a lot of fun um, just on the discord. And so thank y'all for staying in community with me. And if you wanna join the community, just go out to patreon.com slash passions podcast and sign up for whatever tier you find agreeable. Um, this month, we are definitely gonna do more watch parties. And I think, I'm going to try, if I can't get it done this month in February, I'm going to try for March, but a, uh, uh, try and start a game night. I'm not, we'll figure that out, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, now time for passions. Mm -mm -mm. Let's start with the magic storyline, y'all. Um, there's not a lot going on with the kids. Really? We get a little bit of them at the top of the week. Um, but it, it, it fizzles pretty quickly. So, if y'all remember last week, Kay turned herself into a panther. Kay turned herself into the Black Panther, and she's running around town. And not only is Kay running around town as a panther, there's also a panther, uh, an actual Black Panther that escaped escaped from the zoo. So we've got two Black Panthers on the loose in harmony. <laughs> um, so she's running around and she's trying to get back to her house because her hands are starting, she's starting to turn back into a human. And so she's got human hands and a panther's body. And she's worried that if the kids get close enough to her, they'll see it and realize that she is the panther. And she is afraid of that, them exposing her basically. But the kids and the, the zoo people like have her, basically have her cornered. Um, And she, the the zoo guys start to aim to shoot at her then Charity is like something's wrong. That's not, I still sense evil. That's not the, that that that's not a panther from the zoo. That's the evil creature. Like I still sense that there's evil in that creature. Because remember y'all Charity had a, had a, not a, really a premonition, a feeling that great evil was coming from the book of spells in the house she didn't know anything about the book it i don't know i don't know i'm just trying to recap to you the best i can i know it doesn't make a lot of sense hopefully you listened last week so you understand what's going on but uh yeah charity charity still senses evil the kids are all have all decided they're gonna like root out all of all the evil in harmony for some reason i don't know i don't know don't i don't ask me um so Miguel says, "No, you're wrong. There's no evil out here to destroy us. Like we we were wrong. It, it's just a, a panther that escaped from the zoo that got into Tabitha's house somehow." Uh, meanwhile, Tabitha and Timmy corner the real Panther and they think it's Kay and thinks uh, Tabitha keeps telling Timmy, oh, she's harmless. She's just, that's just Kay in a Panther suit. And <laughs> she's just dressed up like the Black Panther for Halloween. And, um, so they're trying to leash the real Panther. I, meanwhile, it's growling at them. They do get it leashed, but Timmy manages to leash it and then it like lays down and they try to drag it away to try and get it home and they can't get it home because it won't budge um and then they hear an announcement about the escaped panther from the zoo and they realize oh no this is not this is not at all okay this is a real panther and they run away run away run away um They then stumble upon the kids who tell them about the panther that escaped from the zoo. But uh, she then realizes, oh, this is Kay. This panther that they're with is Kay. So um, Kay has managed to get up on the roof. I I, I don't know. She got on the roof somehow. Do you know?
1: I I have no idea.
0: Um, So she tries, she manages to get up on the roof uh, and... She doesn't know what to do. She's like, if I jump off, they'll discover that part of me is human. Um, But if I stay up here, the guys from the zoo are just gonna shoot me. Well, that's exactly what they do. They shoot her. So Kay gets shot. Turns out like last week, they didn't make it clear that they had tranquilizer darts. They were like, we're gonna, I feel like they said they were gonna kill it. Maybe they just said, shoot it on sight. Maybe that's what they said. And I I just assumed because I'm an American that they meant kill it. So, (laughs) So um, they shoot Kay, but it's, she's just been tranquilized. They go around the building to try and find her, but it, they take forever to find to go around the building. And in the meantime, Kay has fallen off the roof onto Tabitha, still in part panther, part human. Now her feet and her hands are human, hands and feet. Um, Timmy and Tabitha get like stuck under her. They eventually manage to drag her home. The kids then uh, come around and... Th- they find they see the panther again they see the one that tabbed the head and the zoo people shoot that one and then they realize it only has one tranquilizer dart in it and they're like I'm pretty sure we're pretty sure we shot that the this um panther two times where's the other dart I mean I feel like it's plausible that it could could have fallen out when the panther mm-hmm. fell off the roof right So Charity is still upset. She's like, there's another Panther. We have to stop it or we'll regret it for the rest of our lives. I'm not entirely sure, like, what does she think? What does she think the Panther's going to do? It's got human hands and and feet. I guess she keeps saying it's gonna try and break. I don't know. She's like, it's evil, but Kay doesn't wanna be in the Panther body. It's not like she turned herself into a Panther on purpose. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So why is Charity having these premonitions about like this evil beast? I guess because Kay's inside, but why wouldn't she just be having premonitions about Kay? You know, I mean, I guess she is, she's been having those ones where Kay and Miguel are having sex, but she never is like, Kay is evil. I don't know. Why can you sense the evil when she's in Panther form? You see what I'm saying?
1: Yes, there's a bit of an inconsistency here.
0: Okay, so um, Charity is still upset. We have to go, we have to catch the other panther. Um, and she like leads the kids on another panther chase basically. Um, and Reese sees tracks in the, I don't know, just on the ground. She's, he sees like some odd tracks and he's like, look at this guys. It looks like there was a an adult and a small child dragging something heavy. And he says, I bet it was Tabitha and her her doll, Timmy, dragging the panther, the, e- the evil. Um, so Charity says, Reese is right about one thing. Cause Reese, of course, everybody's like, oh yeah, we know you think Tabitha's a witch. We don't believe that, like nobody's going for it. But Charity says, well, Reese is right about one thing. Um, there is another panther and it's trying to kill us and we have to find it right now no it's not trying to kill them though the k is not trying to kill them so i don't understand where her what her vision is saying to her where she's getting this information from is she just like making it up because she sees a panther and panthers are dangerous and she thinks she just assumes because she's vain and thinks that everything's about her that they're trying to kill her (laughs) or is she getting a, a real se- I don't I don't I don't know I don't know I'm sorry I shouldn't dwell on this too much because I know it's nonsensical I know passions is ridiculous um but I just it just doesn't make sense to me that she's talking about the panthers trying to kill them when all K wants to do is turn back into a human She's not trying to kill anybody. She doesn't even want to kill Charity anymore. She she just wants to separate her. She just wants to get pregnant by Miguel at this point. I know I'm a K-apologist. Everybody knows at this point I'm kind of a K-apologist. But she's not trying to kill anybody. She used to be. That's growth. That's growth. She used to be Mm. trying to kill Charity and now she's not anymore.
1: That's true. Huge growth. But like you you would think that she would be having premonitions of someone's in danger. Someone needs help instead of someone's going to kill us.
0: Yeah, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone's in danger. Seems like she would have a premonition of K turning into the panther in the first place. Like is why is K being shielded from the the vision? I don't understand it. Um so anyway, Timmy and Tabitha managed to get K home and she is basically mostly t- transformed back into a human with the exception of a tail she still has a tail and um tabitha and timmy managed to get her up on the couch they hear the kids coming in they're like we have to do something to hide the tail so they put her up on the couch pretend like she's sleeping they're like um the uh, reese comes in hot he starts immediately accusing tabitha as he always does of doing exactly what tabitha has been doing he's accusing tabitha of doing exactly what she has been doing he says all the things like i'm i bet you're in you knew all about the panther and you and that dog decided to drag it drag it back here and where is the beast you know um, But Tabitha manages to kind of weasel out of it like she always does. She feigns ignorance. What are you talking about? We were at a, uh, a costume party and I, I just got back and it's just kept me and Kay here and she's asleep on the couch. To which Jessica is like, oh, she's sleeping. I can't believe this. We're all out fighting evil in the town and she's catching up on some Z's y'all. <laughs> i just it just was so stupid first of all how does how should k how was k supposed to know that y'all were trying to be out being like the the mystery machine trying to be scooby-doo in the gang first of all second of all y'all the ones that left k here after y'all saw a panther come down from exactly where she was instead of going to check and see where she was and if she was okay
1: True, they left her alone
0: yeah they left her alone as far as far as, as far as they, they know, know. Yeah. as far as they know. So y'all the ones that left her here, how the hell was she supposed to know y'all are out fighting evil and fighting crime and the forces of evil? How was she supposed to know that? So anyway, Jessica tries to wake her up. She won't wake up because she's been tranquilized. Anyway, um, <laughs> Reese is like, no, let her sleep. She's such she's such a sweet angel, like whatever. Uh, and then Tabitha tries to shoo everybody away. Like, all right, girls off off to bed with you, boys go home. Um, and then Miguel asks Charity, do you still sense evil? And she says, oh my God, something's not right here. As she walks over to, to, uh, Kay lifeless on the couch. Uh, but we get nothing from that after that. Cause then Tabitha and Timmy just go upstairs and decide that they want to rest and make Martemi's. But immediately a scroll starts to float and they do a whole like Sheridan Louise. She tells the entire Titanic story, (laughs) uh, but through uh, the lens of Sheridan and Louise and Brian. Um, So, and we will talk about that more when we get to the Sheridan and Louise storyline, which y'all know I cannot stand right now. I am very much over it. I don't fucking care. (laughs) I don't care. Um, So once we get there, I'll do my best to pretend like I care. All right, moving on, moving on. Cause do you have anything to add to the magic storyline?
1: Um, I mean, there was just a few, a few things like this. This um, this panther is going to haunt me in my nightmares. Like, I don't know, it must have been like puppetry. Like, how did they make this panther thing happen? And then with the hands and the feet, it was just so creepy. Like, it's totally going to be in my nightmares. Um, and like. I took a couple notes. Like Tabitha made a really outdated, like O.J. Simpson trial joke. I don't know if you caught that. I
0: don't think like, I did.
1: Even uh, Johnny Cochran himself yeah. couldn't convince a jury we aren't responsible um, if uh, if the kids find her and Timmy under the Panther. That's K. Um, and then at, yeah, at one point, I guess we're I guess we're moving forward a little to when Timmy's looking at the scroll but um Timmy says you know it's like the Larry Winger show Timmy knows he shouldn't watch it but he can't help it and yeah. that's their their call back to the Jerry Springer show um and they've that's happened already yeah mm-hmm. they've had the little yes they've had Jerry Springer guest star and Eve and Julian and Whitney oh my gosh that yeah. was it was, a, that lot was of fun. a memorable
0: one it was a lot of fun yeah all right so um Ethan Teresa julian all of this stuff happening at oh the, gosh at the hospital where harmony Hos- hospital remember ethan not ethan sorry julian convinced Teresa to go into ivy's cubicle and try and burn her hand with the lighter to try and get the marriage certificate out of her hand whom, which she was clutching with the the strength of a thousand gods apparently they could not get it out of her hands Um, or Teresa couldn't get out of her hands. Nobody else knew it was there. Uh, so she, uh, uh, to us, it looks like she lights the lighter and an explosion happens because, and this was all Julian's plan, right? To try and get rid of Teresa, Ivy and Rebecca, because he sent Rebecca in there as well. Like, and he sent her with, um, he revved her up first, lied and told her that Ter- he was married to Teresa and that Teresa had gotten him drunk and that she took advantage of him and she just wants to get her hands on the crane fortune and he she won't give him a divorce until he uh, signs over all of the crane fortune to her. Um. So, Re- so he sent Rebecca in there trying to kill her too. Like, keep that in mind. I want everybody to remember he tried to kill Rebecca as well. So anyway. Teresa, let's pick up where we are now. Teresa, to us, to our eye, it seems like, we don't see it happen, but it seems like she flicked it and an explosion happens. So that's where we pick up. The explosion happens and um, Julian julian immediately starts to like celebrate prematurely he's like that's great i got rid of all of my problems (laughs) i've gotten rid of all my problems uh they're all dead and pretty quickly we see that teresa ivy and rebecca are all completely fine unscathed entirely entirely unscathed um Rebecca wakes up and she starts immediately blaming Teresa, she, who she's talking to Gwen. Because at this point, it's kind of a mess. It's a little chaos, uh, as you would th- think it would be in a hospital where an explosion just happened. Um, it's very Crazy Anatomy, to be honest. Do you watch Crazy Anatomy?
1: I don't know.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, that this is actually similar to a plot that happened on Grey's Anatomy I mean there was an explosion there was there's been a couple of there's been a few explosions on Grey's Anatomy in that hospital they've had
1: explosions on General Hospital so
0: yeah so um you know it it happens I guess no (laughs) I hope not I've never heard of like I hope not a a real hospital explosion um but anyway I'm not a
1: scientist but like is is like oxygen even like flammable
0: Mm, oh yeah extremely okay oh yeah no, they got that part right.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I don't take passion's word for anything. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> they got that part right cuz think okay. about it. Think about it. The atmosphere itself is only like I think like 20% oxygen. Like most of the most of our atmosphere is nitrogen, right? Okay. <clears throat> And so like we, you can burn things, but the minute you start adding air to that, more oxygen to it, it gets bigger and bigger. That's why whenever like um, you see buildings, especially like older buildings, like mine has it, like those uh, fire doors. Because if a draft comes through there, the whole place is going to go. It's, it's, it's done. So yeah. um, So they have those big fire doors that you can pull to, to, to. Um, kind of section off a place a part of the building so I mean if you win there shits out of you shit out of luck <laughs> but <laughs> that's what the fire escapes are for but uh yeah that yes oxygen is e- extremely flammable uh extremely flammable volatile substance okay so the explosion happens Every, it's chaos in the emergency room. Everybody's looking for their loved one. Um, Gwen finds Rebecca. Rebecca's fine. She wakes up and tells Gwen immediately, Teresa's Teresa is responsible for this. And not only that, but she married Julian. So she tells her all about that. They rejoice. She's, they're like, Teresa's done. It's over for her then Teresa wakes up and uh she realizes that Ivy still has the marriage license and she needs to get it and so when Ethan comes to like check on her and his mom he the he she's like oh I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of myself Teresa wakes up she realizes she need, still needs to get the marriage license that's where we are with her then Sam shows up And instead of, uh, because he was headed to the train station, which is a whole other thing that y'all should remember from last week if you listened, Um, but he turned around because he heard there's an explosion at the hospital. So he shows up to, to investigate what happened, what caused the explosion. And he, Julian is so dumb. He randomly and entirely without prompting decides to speak to the chief of police <laughs> like you just caused this thing like presumably you think you caused this thing to happen and you think you did it because you're trying to murder three women and you think you succeeded in murdering three women like at this point julian doesn't know that everybody's still alive and he says to uh he says to sam oh it's so tragic ah oh, so sad that Ivy, Teresa, and Rebecca are all dead from that explosion from the oxygen, to which Sam turns to him and says, what makes you think they're dead? And also, why do you think, what makes you think that oxygen caused the explosion? How do you know that? Because Julian's the worst criminal. Julian is a bad criminal. (laughs) He's so stupid.
1: He is, yeah, and like, um, You know, before Sam gets there, we've got Julian. What's his lackeys name that he's there with? Harper. Lawyer? Harper. Harper. Yes. Okay. Um, And Julian is like gloating and Harper says, you know, doesn't the fate of the three women in your life affect you at all? And Julian says, my days of having to sneak around to fill my biological needs are over. It was just so, I mean, Julian is so cartoonish, but only in a way that Ben Masters could ever do it. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to get reinstated as Crane by Alistair now. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal favorite was when he went over to the water cooler and he put a couple drops on his face so that he <laughs> would look like he was emotional about, about his three wives, essentially.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he Julian is like you said Ben Masters does it like nobody else could ever do it and it it's great. It's hilarious. It also makes you feel like Icky, you know, he's he's so good at playing this buffoon of an of a villain. Um but yeah, Sam, so Sam is like, "How do you know that the explosion was caused by by oxygen?" And then of course Julian lies and he says, "Oh, I overheard some nurses talking." And sorry oh and then sam tells him well your tears are premature his fake tears your (laughs) tears are premature um because rebecca and Teresa and ivy are all fine and then harper reminds julian about the lighter he's like yes uh what about with that? his
1: initials one? on it
0: mm-hmm, that lighter with your initials on it that's a that's going to be a dead giveaway that maybe you had something to do with this explosion and we need to go you need to go find it before you know chief bennett does so julian immediately goes he immediately finds the lighter it's laying right there next to where ivy was um but the police and he picks it up but the a police officer sees him pick it up and is like, what is this? What what do you have? I'm, I want to show this to, you just picked up evidence basically. Mm-hmm. And um, he, the police officer manages to get it from him, realizes that it's a lighter with his initials on. And he's like, oh, this, I'm sure uh, Chief Bennett will find this very, very interesting. Um, and so meanwhile, while this is happening with Julian, Rebecca finally tells Gwen that Julian and Teresa are married. And Gwen, I want to, I want to talk about this really quickly. Gwen is really shocked at the story that Rebecca tells her because Rebecca tells her what Julian told her, which is, uh, that Teresa got him drunk and took advantage of him and, um, married him to get her hands on the fortune, the crane fortune and Gwen of all people while she of course is overjoyed at the news she also is like "Mm, i don't that story doesn't sound correct (laughs) mother do you really believe that knowing julian that teresa was the one that got him drunk and took advantage of him and i want to i do want to give gwen right now a little bit of props and i want to be clear i'm doing this right now because i already know that in a little while Things are gonna get t- t- very tense between me and the Gwen fans. I all, I already know, and I want y'all to remember. I want y'all to savor this moment.
1: <laughs> at one time, Gwen was right.
0: Savor this moment when I give Gwen her props for at least being a thinking woman in this moment, and and saying, you know, I, that doesn't seem correct, and and really, because because it doesn't. It do- if anybody who knows Julian and would. Uh, Anybody who knows Julian knows that he this is like his M O. He takes advantage of young girls. They all oh, say
1: totally. it. Yeah,
0: they've all said it. Um, so I do want to I do want to say good on Gwen for not like necessarily believing the story, but she's I will say she is more than happy to go along with it because it does oh, yeah. it does Whatever's bring about convenient. Teresa's downfall. What yeah, whatever yeah. will bring about Teresa's downfall, which is fair enough. And it's fair enough. You know, all's fair in love and war, I guess.
1: It's too bad because Rebecca is usually so intuitive. She's, you know, she's figuring out, um, you know, she's, she has an eye on Ivy and Sam and all this stuff. Um, and, but, but she's so off base here just listening to Julian and taking him at his word.
0: Well, and we talked about I think we talked about this last week. You are absolutely right. Uh, Rebecca is typically so intuitive. She picks up on things. She's usually the first one to kind of have an inkling that something is wrong. And she usually is right in a lot of her assumptions when she's putting the pieces together. However, this particular story that julian has told her confirms all her biases biases against teresa Absolutely. right so she already has she already has certain uh, biases that she feels about teresa and he's telling her a story purposefully i might add he told her all of these things knowing how she already felt about teresa so he's telling her a story to play into her her clear hatred of Teresa already and the 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 way she already what she already believes about Teresa she's been calling her a gold digging slut right she's been calling her that since she met her so and, and that she was a a, a social climber uh, the 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 housekeeper's daughter you know so she she while sometimes sometimes logic is not strong enough to overcome bigotry oftentimes actually oftentimes Oftentimes, logic logic is not strong enough to overcome bigotry and that's what's happening here with with rebecca because she is she's not a dumb woman she's a smart woman and you can say that about a lot of people who are bigots they're smart people but they the the their intelligence stops short at their biases right they they, I don't know anyway let me move on <laughs> Rebecca is Rebecca is a ra- a raging racist and she's going to believe the worst thing she can about Teresa so anyway and she's a misogynist she's a raging racist and she's a raging misogynist she hates Teresa she hates women she she, she hates um any person who is not a, a blue blood a white blue blood she mm-hmm. she's horrible but we still I mean we still love her for the for the the antics uh so anyway rebecca and gwen are overjoyed they're like this is the end of teresa we finally done it um so teresa comes in she's very concerned and worried about um ethan and whether he's gonna notice that ivy has that paper in her hand and um ethan notices that she is like very upset and distraught and concerned also i think she's concerned because well at first i thought she was concerned because she thought she lo- made um caused the explosion but later we learned that she did not at all cause the an explosion and she knows she didn't cause the explosion so hmm anyway he's uh <laughs> he notices that she's really up she's noticeably upset which of course she would be she just
1: she was in an explosion
0: yeah she just survived an explosion um and he says well what's wrong sweetie you know you can tell me anything And she goes, and you'll still love me. He says, of course, Teresa, I will always love you. And then he brings up, he's like, I mean, I know I made that promise to my mother that if you ever lied to me again, I break up to you, break up with you. But I did, I made that promise to her because I know you would never lie to me. Okay. Okay. Ethan. I want to say too, I might say a few little things here and there about Ethan this week that are not so nice, but, but. I feel horrible for Ethan this week. I I shared a I shed a tear or two for Ethan this week. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna hold y'all. I actually got a little misty eyed. My nose started to tingle, because he he they, they put him through the ringer. Oh, and he gives a fun. He he gives a, a really good performance. Uh, um, Travis.
1: Yeah he yeah we finally get to. There's a bit more range.
0: Yeah, they give him something to do. They did. not You know, this week I, I think we've talked about this before about how Travis and Natalie both um and for people who don't know what I'm talking about Travis is the guy who plays the first Ethan and Natalie is the one who plays the the current Gwen and they don't like passions like they are not fans of the show they kind of hated their time on the show Travis especially has talked mad shit about the show and like how he really just hated his time on the show but after watching after watching like what he was able to do in these episodes, I was like, yeah, he was, I think he probably was like a decent actor who felt like he wasn't getting anything to do, except for the same dopey lines. He's doing the same dopey thing over and over again. I guess that would get to you because this is, we are in episodes 605 and he's just now getting to show some chops, you know, so I get it. I guess his, his, his frustration with the show. All right. Anyway um he says I told you I I know you'll never lie to me then that's when Gwen and Rebecca find Teresa and Ethan (sighs) this was annoying because Teresa it seemed like Teresa was about to tell him the truth am I wrong in that assumption did it seem like he was she was about to tell him the truth everybody's telling her you need to tell him the truth right
1: yeah I got that vibe yeah
0: Um, so Rebecca and Gwen come into this and, um, find Teresa and Ethan and Pilar who's also there at this point. And of course they're all, they're very smug because they have this information on Teresa. And Rebecca says, um, I have Ethan, I have something to tell you that's guaranteed to rock your world. And at this exact moment, Ethan hears Julian making a a commotion with that officer who's trying to get the lighter from his hand. And so he's like, that sounds like Julian's voice. He better not be trying to hurt my mother. What makes you think he's trying to hurt your mother? He's yelling about police brutality. What makes you think he's trying to hurt your mother, but it doesn't matter. He runs off. And, um, Teresa tries to go after him, but Gwen grabs her by the arms. Is like, no, you, oh no, you don't, don't Teresa. You're done now. You're finished now. And Pilar steps in y'all. This was one of my favorite moments of the week. Pilar and not because of Pilar, actually because of Rebecca. Pilar steps in, pulls Teresa away, says, get your hands off of my daughter. And they go to find Ethan. Right. And then. Gwen says to Rebecca, Oh, Pilar won't be so quick to defend her daughter once she finds out what she's done. And Rebecca says, Gwen, honey, she already knows. Why do you think she's defending her so hard? And Gwen's like, what do you mean? Pilar wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, do that. She's, she's not a liar. And Rebecca says, quote. Polar, honey, Polar is the one that raised Teresa to be the liar that she is. And I just want to say, this is the one and only time I feel in kinship with Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, because last week, y'all, if you listened last week, you remember that I was, I was kind of raging against Pilar last week, like, and this was, this was the sentiment. She's the one that raised Teresa to be the way Teresa is to be honest, if we're being real, it's true. She is the one, and she's been holding secrets and keeping secrets, and she's shown shown Teresa how to how to keep a secret. The, maybe she didn't say it explicitly, but see, the thing is, Pilar says one thing and she does another.
1: Uh, it's so true.
0: So, she, Teresa has seen her mother doing, maybe not to the same extent that Teresa does it, But she, she knows her mama knows how to keep a secret. And her mom's gonna keep this. And the mother and Pilar has been keeping secrets for her for so long at this point. So long. It's like, you don't, you don't really care about honesty. You don't care about honesty. She doesn't care about honesty. She cares about protecting her neck and her kids. She wants to protect her kids. I want to be clear. Pilar does a lot of the lying that she does. To protect her to specifically teresa but to protect her children which is fair enough but it's still lying and she's still being very judgmental about teresa lying all the time so like like rebecca said pilar is the one that raised teresa to be the liar that she is it's the truth it's the truth well at this point everybody convenes around the scene of the crime where there's like this commotion with julian and the officer and that's when Sam shows up, he takes the lighter and he's like, hmm, look at this lighter. It says JC, that means you, doesn't it, Julian? But then a nurse comes in and vouches for Julian because Julian's like, no, I wasn't anywhere near the this scene of the crime when this happened. And a nurse comes in and says, yeah, I saw, I that's true. I saw them over where I was when this all happened. And so Sam. Sam asks, well, if you weren't over here, how did the lighter get to the scene? And that's when Rebecca says, I know who flicked the lighter. It was Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. (laughs) And she says, she tried to kill Ivy and she almost killed me to boot. (laughs) She almost killed me to boot. Um, Teresa at this point, oh my God. I know soap operas have to do this because they're just like constantly trying to bring everybody up to speed who have missed the show or missed the episodes and don't know what the fuck's going on. But it is at this point that Teresa pulls Julian to the side and starts talking to him. It's just so suspicious and, so, and they're stand, she's standing to him right next to him doing that thing where she's talking but not looking at him. I, I don't know. It it reminds me of when I was teaching full time and my kids used to have folders and when they wanted to talk, they would, if you're watching, then I'm holding my paper up in front of my face. They would hold the folder up in front of their faces like this and t- turn their heads as if I didn't know they were talking. <laughs> like, and like I was supposed to, Be fooled by that. Like, that was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, that's how I feel about these scenes when these people, specifically like Teresa and Julian, are coming together in front of absolutely everybody in a situation where they're both being accused of something crazy and they're standing and talking to each other in the most conspicuous way possible, the most, but thinking they're inconspicuous. It drives me nuts. I know it's like part of the soap opera shtick, but it drives me crazy. But that's what happens. She pulls him to the side and tells him, uh she never even used the lighter she didn't she didn't flick the lighter at all and um she doesn't know what caused the blast because rebecca came in before she ever got a chance to use the lighter and then she puts two and two together and realizes you knew what would happen when i flicked that lighter didn't you you wanted to kill me and ivy you tried to kill me uh and and th- they don't continue this conversation i don't i mean why well, do it if you're not going to have julian say something back but um sam calls everybody over are you there okay it yeah. says your internet connection is unstable so I, just, I don't know okay sam calls everybody over to the scene again and says i know who who caused the fire it was rebecca i was like rebecca i was like that's a that's a reach <laughs> And then uh, Ethan's like, "Well, that makes sense. She does have motive because she wanted to stop my mother. She wanted to uh, marry Julian, and my mother was contesting uh, the divorce. So that's why she tried to kill my mother." <laughs> and he says uh, that uh, Sam then says, "No, Rebecca didn't do it on purpose. It was all of this metal she has on her outfit. Uh, any it was little some
1: bracelets?
0: Yeah, any little spark." any little spark would have set off that explosion. What, what, what? That place is that much of a powder keg that you can't wear a couple of bangles inside? That's psych, that's crazy. That's crazy, yes. uh, crazy talk. Like,
1: passions is like, we're all watching the same show. It they, they reach all the time, but this one felt particularly insulting to the audience and to the characters too, it just, I don't know. It it didn't make sense to me at all.
0: At all. Because if if you do have a room in your hospital like that, where there is so oxygen rich that any little bitty tiny little spark will set off an explosion. <laughs> wouldn't you have, first of all, wouldn't you have it away from basically everything, you know, in a basement?
1: Yes. And also...
0: Wouldn't there be massive signs everywhere? Wouldn't it be hard to get inside of that room? Wouldn't you have to put a code in? Wouldn't you have to? Wouldn't there be some security checks? Something? No, there's just a curtain. There's just a curtain. It wasn't even a room. But a
1: curtain. Yeah.
0: It wasn't even a room. It was just curtains around. It was so stupid, y'all. I know I'm yelling, but I'm just. (laughs) that was so dumb but anyway we all take this as gospel rebecca set off the the explosion with the metal possibly the metal on her shirt because she had on like this cute dress that had like the this long chain across it like a gold chain link and it was it was pretty and she had on like metal bracelets she had on a bunch of metal and eve says it not eve sorry sam says it was her and she buys everybody buys it i guess that's what the official Explanation is going to be. Yeah, Um,
1: case closed. Another win for the harmony PCPD.
0: (laughs) Case closed. They still haven't found out who killed Crystal. Case (laughs) closed. Case closed. Oh, well, I guess this case is closed. It was, it was Rebecca's bracelets. Um
1: Sam says to Rebecca, if I were you, I would find a new designer. Oh my gosh. And Rebecca replies, I never thought that one of my drop dead outfits would make me drop dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. So it is at this point that Ivy wakes up on the other side of the emergency room. But we can all see her. She wakes up, she sits up in her bed, <laughs> and she says, Uh, she's ready to tell Ethan everything, and she yells. Rebecca's right Teresa does have a reason to try to kill me and that's when everybody goes over to her and is like what are you talking about and she says Teresa's been lying to you the entire time Teresa and Julian were married in Bermuda your fiance is Julian's wife that's a great that was a great quote your fiance is Julian's wife Ethan doesn't believe his mother at this point it is it is a far-fetched thing to say it is an outlandish thing to say um i just don't know why anybody would make that lie up you see what i'm saying i don't what yeah because it's it's verifiable it's a verifiable fact especially
1: for the lawyer that ethan is
0: yeah um but he thinks he thinks that his mother well okay he doesn't think that she made up a lie he thinks that she got hit too hard on the head <laughs> and she he's okay, like fair. he's like oh you must have hit your head really really hard let me go get a nurse for you and as he's leaving she's like no Ethan I'm not delusional I have proof and then she starts to have really really intense like pain in her her back and um Ethan calls for e- Dr Russell and as Eve is coming to get, to check on Ivy. Teresa cuts her off and begs her, begs her to move Ivy to another room so she can have the time to talk to Ethan alone. And Eve agrees saying, you need to tell Ethan the truth. I'll, I'll, you, you need the, you deserve the chance to tell him the truth yourself because I do know that this information shouldn't come from somebody else. Um, so she agrees and she takes Ivy to another room and when they're alone oh my gosh this was simultaneously funny and exhilarating i i like <laughs> i love whenever ivy and eve get together i really do i still think they're best friends i don't care they're frenemies at best i mean at most i mean at least sorry they're frenemies at least they to me would be such a good team in this town because they're villains Eve, the thing the problem is eve won't just lean into the fact that she's a villain she wants she's a villain who right, thinks she's yeah. a good guy you know and she she is not a good guy she's a villain so but at this
1: point they, they need each other
0: they do and so i enjoyed this Eve is talking to Ivy and she tries to convince Ivy that Julian is actually the one that took advantage of Teresa, not the other way around. Um, and Ivy doesn't go for it, even though both of them talk about how horrible Julian is. And I will say, I think I've said this a few times at this point, everybody talks about how horrible Julian is, but how are, why are y'all so easy? Why is it so easy for you to believe that he got taken advantage of by a young girl? She's 18? 19? Yeah,
1: she's a teenage girl from the Uh, wrong side of the tracks and he's a billionaire whatever.
0: Ivy doesn't go for it. And the only reason she doesn't go for it is because she has this vendetta against Teresa. She wants to believe the worst of Teresa, no matter what. It doesn't matter. It Like I said before, the logic is overriding. I mean, the the bigotry, and, and on Ivy's side, it's not as much bigotry as it is prejudice against Teresa as a person, like who she mm-hmm. is. And um. It, so it's not really bigotry. It's like she just doesn't she just hates teresa because of teresa scanning that letter into her computer that's it she hates teresa because of that and because of that she thinks that teresa is capable of absolutely anything but you lived with julian for over 20 years you raised kids with him you know how fucking horrible he is you i don't know i just feel like
1: she knows kind of what eve went through as well right and so this is somebody with like you, you you both have lived experience here come on
0: but she says no teresa's the real reason that um oh yeah she's like teresa ruined not only my life and ethan's life but have we all forgotten that she's the real reason that grace lost her baby oh, oh my, my god. god that was
1: so out of left field
0: grace lost her baby and then eve takes her to task on this and says yeah. no that was no none of that was teresa's fault that was your fault let's be clear you told those lies you kept that secret and um then Ivy turns it around on her and is like, oh, you want to talk about secrets, Eve? <laughs> <laughs> you, well, I'm not the only one with secrets here, Eve. Don't you forget. Um, and Eve says to her, because she tries to diffuse it a little bit because she realizes, listen, Ivy at this point doesn't have anything to lose, right? Her secrets have been exposed for the most part. Eve's, Eve's still living high on the hog, right? She's still living her lie. Um, so she, she does have to tread lightly when it comes to Ivy. So she starts to bring her tone down a bit with Ivy. And she says, I just want to give Teresa enough time to talk to Ethan and tell him the truth. I think she deserves the time to tell him the truth. And I think he deserves to hear it from her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Dr. Eve Russell. That sounds very reasonable. So she tells Ivy, so you're going to stay here until I talk to Teresa and make sure she's talked to Ethan. And Ivy starts to protest like, oh, but Eve and Eve says, unless you want me to sedate you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you, you know that she will.
0: Y'all I cracked up. I rewound it. Cause it was so funny. Unless you want me to sedate you. Girl, she, you are a bad doctor. She's a terrible doctor. How the hell are you threatening your patients with sedation? I, I i don't how are you threatening her with a sedative that's unless your you specialty, unless you want me to knock you out and never wake <laughs> you up again i know how to do it don't try me ivy i could put you in a coma <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> i could put you in an unexplainable coma and when you wake up you won't remember anything so don't play with me Um, But then Eve gets a page. She does not sedate Ivy. I'm I'm, I'm glad she didn't. I'm glad the way this happened happened. I I was worried that this was gonna drag on for a few more weeks. And I'm so glad that it did not. So Eve, she gets a page. She's like, I have to go, but I'm gonna come back and check on you. Well, of course, Ivy makes her escape. She finds a wheelchair and manages to get herself back over to where all the action is. Um, and Teresa quickly tries to get Ethan to go somewhere with her so they can talk, um, alone. What, like what, once Ivy's been taken away, Teresa's trying to get Ethan to go with her so she can, um, talk to him alone. Teresa tries to get Ethan to go with her somewhere. Gwen and Rebecca stop them, um, from going anywhere. Um, and Rebecca says that... Julian confessed everything to her. She says mm-hmm. what Ivy says is true because Julian, Julian confessed to everything to me and told me that he did marry Teresa in Bermuda. And that's when, um, Julian is trying to escape and like slip out without anybody, realizing he's trying to slip out but ethan sees him yells at him says where you think you're going stop right there stop right now thank you very very much much. need somebody with a human touch that's my shit um but anyway he says stop right now and uh he asked julian if it's true julian is speechless he has nothing to say because like how you he's already told rebecca he fucked himself congratulations you played yourself congratulations you played yourself you he could have managed to get rebecca into that room without telling him on himself but he didn't exactly but he didn't um so he doesn't have to say ethan then turns to teresa and says he says why would julian say something like that to rebecca if it wasn't true but before teresa can answer ethan um julian ethan answers oh yeah before teresa can ans- answer julian ethan answers for her saying that Julian said that just so he doesn't have to marry Rebecca. He's like, "Oh, I know why. I know why Julian would say that to you, Rebecca. He told you that because he doesn't want to marry you." Which you know what? It's not. It's not Ethan's worst reach. It's really not. I, I wish he would have just let Re- um, Julian's not Julian uh, Teresa speak for herself, but he didn't. He did. Do- he did the thing he always does, which is ask a question and then answers it yep, himself. Yeah, that's the
1: men on passions for you.
0: Yeah. He says, uh, you know, Rebecca, Julian was just saying that to you so he doesn't have to marry you because he never really wanted to marry you. (laughs) And uh, Rebecca starts to think, you know, maybe, maybe Ethan's right. Like, that makes sense. It does make sense that he would tell her that lie, even though they did just have a whole ass wedding, like he was going to go through with it. But I guess maybe this was his way of trying to get out. They could see that it was his way of trying to get out of it. I could see that. I could see that um and then rebecca tells ethan the whole julian's version of the story and says you know that teresa got him drunk that um he didn't know what was going on she took advantage of him and ethan says this is an absurd story correct i'm glad he uh, yes he's like this is absurd it's not even an it's not even a possibility the only thing that man has ever done with his life is take advantage of women the and the younger the better. So and yeah. you're telling me that a young girl from Harmony seduced Julian Crane, one of the most powerful men in the world. yes, i I love this, I loved this thinking, Ethan. I loved it. Um, and Rebecca and Gwen both are like, yeah, no that when you put it like that, you, you make you make some good points, Ethan. Well, Ivy comes in. We—I th- almost thought Teresa was getting away with it. I really did. I almost thought that she had a little bit more time to breathe and would have some time to like have some to have a conversation with Ethan. But they did not get—they didn't let up on Teresa this week. They did not let up on her this week. They did not. So that's when Ivy comes rolling in, in her wheelchair, and she comes in with the proof. She hands it to Ethan. Says. Ethan look at this and he looks at it and he says you're really married to Julian and Teresa does her little (laughs) thing and he's like I can tell by looking in your face that it's true you're married to Julian you lied to me Teresa you lied to me again and uh he then goes after Julian and starts to attack Julian because julian's trying to sneak away and he started he pulls julian down to the ground starts choking the life out of him after i might add i should add to Ter- uh ivy was egging ethan on during this whole thing when he turned to look at julian he turned his like ire toward towards julian and was like where do you think you're going julian uh ivy was like yelling about how teresa had lied to him she just saying a lot of really horrible things that would only make him angrier and then that's when um Ethan attacks Julian and she she, he's like beating the shit out of Julian and Ivy seems pleased she like smiles and at first I was like girl that's your son and he's about to murder a man you think that he's about to murder your husband and then he's gonna spend the rest of his life in jail for murder or at least 10, 15 to twenty for, for manslaughter. Cause, or, you know, uh, second degree murder. This is a crime of passion, but, uh, he was still go to jail. There's, there's just no getting around you. You kill somebody. You're going to jail period. And that's when Teresa's screaming, no, Ethan, stop. You'll go to jail for murder. And that's when it clicks. It with,
1: clicks for, with Ivy. For yeah.
0: Ivy like, oh my god, yeah. No, Ethan, stop. It's like, bitch, you did this. Yes. You did this. You created this powder keg. You created this moment. You, she created this moment from beginning to this moment. Like I, I, Ivy, y'all know I love Ivy. I really do as far as the her character goes. I think she's really dynamic. I think she's a smart lady. I think she's fabulous. I, 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 there's a lot of things I like about Ivy. One thing I hate about Ivy, though, is how she passes the buck when it comes to accountability. When it comes to her part in everything, she doesn't think she doesn't truly believe that she has done anything wrong. She doesn't. She doesn't. I. It, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't. Y'all can can defend Ivy till the cows come home. I'm not gonna believe that she thinks that she did anything wrong. She doesn't. That's why she's so mad at Teresa. She wouldn't be so mad at Teresa if she didn't feel like she, she was completely innocent. She feels like she's completely innocent in all of it. She's like, I, did, I had my reasons. I did what I did for my son. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because it, and you know what? Let's keep going because Ethan says some things this week that um, I 100% agree with. So- and they harken back to what I just talked about so um uh, Sam comes in pulls Ethan off of Julian and he's being held back by Teresa and like a couple other people I think maybe Pilar and Teresa tries to explain to Ethan um saying I, I can explain everything and he explain and he yells at her explain explain what why explain why you married Julian and she starts. She does try to start to explain, but Ivy and Rebecca both team up to to give their versions of what Teresa, why Teresa married mm-hmm. Julian, which is the gold digger angle. Angle right? Your your marriage to her had fallen through, so she decided to go marry Julian instead, which doesn't make sense.
1: Okay, fine. not at all.
0: It doesn't make sense. There's no
1: there's no plausible scenario where Teresa is the predator because
0: case. if she had married Julian and that was like her whole thing like oh i i'm my marriage to ethan is falling through has fallen through so i'm going to marry julian instead wouldn't she have come back triumphant wouldn't she have been like yeah i got what i wanted yes i'm mrs julian crane wouldn't she have just leaned in to the money and the power she didn't do that at all i so it just doesn't make any sense but anyway Cause like, do they think that she thought she was gonna continue this ruse with Ethan? No, it it doesn't make any sense. But um, so she says, she says, I never wanted to hurt you. I wanted to help. All I wanted to do was help. And he says by lying to me over and over. (laughs) And um, she says, "I, I didn't, yeah, very fair, extremely fair. Yes. His, I want to say, Ethan's reactions this week were spot on. They were exactly right. They were correct, and I and I loved it. I loved it for him. I loved it for the actor. I loved it for Passions. I loved it for me. I was I was happy to see Ethan get a a a rare moment of true honesty, vulnerability, and just human. It's like he seems like a real human person versus this dope who's just so in love
1: dimensional yeah
0: Yeah. um so yes okay so he says she he says you were trying to help me by lying to me over and over again she says i didn't i didn't mean to everything just got so complicated and i didn't know how to undo the things and he says and telling the truth never occurred to you (laughs) (laughs) like right yes right telling the truth and of course it did of, cur- of course it occurred to her because multiple people were telling her Whitney well not multiple Whitney and Pilar were telling her over and over again you should tell them the truth you can tell them Should tell them the truth until Whitney started telling them the lie that that started happening and Whitney comes in later in this and this was another moment where I was like, why the fuck isn't Whitney here? Whitney should be here. (laughs) in these moments because she can vouch for Teresa. She was there. She knows exactly what happened. Well, she wasn't there when all the things went down, but she knew before anybody else. And Teresa told her everything that had happened. She can explain what was going on when they were on the island. Um, But I guess she wasn't there for the story. And so they could bring her up to speed later. And so she could say, I told you so, which she does say later on. Whitney <laughs>
1: never misses a chance to say I told you so to Teresa. She, she literally and you says. You know what? Fair enough, Whitney.
0: Fair enough. She literally says, I hate to say I told you so, but it's like, well, then don't <laughs> say it. Um, anyway. Did did uh he says, Did you ever once tell me the truth? This is when Pilar steps in saying Teresa has done some terrible things. We will admit she's done some terrible things. She's made mistakes. But everything she did was out of love for you, Ethan. Don't you see? She lied to you for your own good. Don't you understand? Like, it's, it's just to protect you. I mean, I, don't, I didn't love it. Um, but this is what Pilar, this is her defense of her daughter. And then she tells him, listen, Julian took advantage of my daughter. He got her drunk. And then Ethan says, why should I believe either of you? Mm, Yes, this was, this was great. He says, why should I believe either of you? Pilar, you lied to me too. You knew I wasn't a crane and you kept it and you kept it from me. And I thought of you as a second mother. And then he says, speaking of mothers, turns around, looks at Ivy and says, and you mother, you've lied to me my whole life. You told me I was a crane when I wasn't. You let me go on thinking that that wretch of a man like Julian, that a wretch (laughs) of a man like Julian was my father when it was Sam Bennett, a fine and decent man. Yes. Which this was the moment I'm when I told y'all I got a little teary-eyed I did I got a little teary-eyed because when he said he said mm, I grew up with a wretch of a father like Julian when I could have had a fine and decent father like Sam it and Sam standing back there just gobsmacked like he's just like shook at what ethan is saying you know shocked at him the nice such nice things he has to say about sam because remember not too long ago he hated sam's guts yeah you know? was they like had i'm gonna a get you fired.
1: going on like ethan was gonna get him fired i think at one point mm-hmm. as chief of police yeah and i think it it's too bad too because i think early on in the show we kind of saw ethan like battling with his inner demons like am i like julian am i like my father and so to realize all this time later that this person you were so worried about, you know, um, turning out to be like, that was not, that's not who you are at all.
0: Yeah, and it, in a way, it was bittersweet for me as a viewer because I, I want him and sam to have a nice father-son relationship i want ethan to get to know his father i i, I love those moments
1: that time yeah
0: I, I love the moments when they are talking to each other and just having like very nice wholesome father-son you know moments being so um sam being supportive of ethan just being there for him i really like those moments and and it made me sad because i i could see i could hear the pain like from ethan i this i had to grow up with this jackass as my father when i could have had like that could sam could have been my dad yeah and that would have been awesome he like he it's like he doesn't even care about the money he really just wanted to have a good dad and i uh anyway he says lies my whole life has been about lies well all of you liars can go straight to hell (laughs) (laughs) All of you liars can go straight to hell. I'm out. And he leaves saying, I've got to get out of here because if I don't, I don't know what I'll do. Teresa is destroyed, destroyed, sobbing, screaming, punching the air, just really upset. And she tries to go after him, but Pilar holds her back and says, not right now. And I agree with Pilar. No, girl, not now. Me too, yeah. Let him have some space. Let him have his time and some space um at this point teresa goes to the chapel she prays hopes prays for god to protect ethan and she swears to god that she will do anything god asks of her if only um god helps ethan get through this terrible thing that she has done to him and um she says even it means even if it means he'll never look at me or speak to me again please help him and that's when whitney shows up wondering I was wondering where she was um myself but she finally shows up because Pilar called her. Pilar called her but didn't tell her why Teresa needed a friend. She's like, "Yeah, your mom called me and she just told me you might need a friend right now." So, of course, Teresa brings her up to speed on everything that happened and um then we get this little caveat. This is the only thing that was important about this conversation really. When he asks Teresa if Ethan knows that she and Julian slept together. So we are now splitting this one big secret up into two secrets. Um, So now half of the secret has come out, but the other half has not. (sighs) I hate this. I'm sorry. I hate it. I I wish they would have just went with the assumption that they slept together after they got married. I do.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean, especially because we all know julian sleazy we know that he got her drunk i I don't know why it's such a why it's so far-fetched for everyone to believe that that she was manipulated into this entire situation
0: yeah i i don't like this at all because also at this point Teresa tells her no he doesn't know that i slept with julian um and then whitney says well we have to make sure that he never finds out Girl, haven't y'all kept enough secrets? Haven't y'all kept enough yeah. secrets and told enough lies? I And Whitney, that coming from Whitney of all people.
1: It's true. It, it just was not consistent with who Whitney has been for 600 episodes.
0: And at this point, at this point, this is kind of the worst it can get. Go on and just get it all out of the way.
1: Yes. What do you have to lose at this point? Go ahead it's and get it part. all out
0: of the way. Because here's the thing either he believes you and believes that you were taken advantage of, or he doesn't. And if he doesn't believe that you were taken advantage of and we got Julian got you drunk, then it, it it doesn't matter and none of it matters. Right? So just tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God and get it all out there because you don't want to be with a man who won't believe you when you say, I was assaulted yes <laughs> right you don't want to be with a man who who'd... so just tell the whole truth and if he if he believes it great we're gonna move on we're gonna work through this maybe get some therapy some counseling if he doesn't nice knowing you night nice fucking nice fucking knowing you like i'm moving on with my life i went through this horrible that's the thing too teresa went through a horrible terrible situation i want us never to forget how fucking heinous those episodes were and i remember and this just this didn't happen that long ago i remember watching them and i was so uncomfortable i was sick to my stomach it was hard to watch she's gone through a traumatic experience and i don't think she's getting enough grace from the writers about that.
1: not at all i don't
0: i don't now she now she's the perpetrator. She's doing this to Ethan. Something bad happened to her and she tried to keep it to herself. She wanted to keep it to herself. I don't think I I understand that she should not have necessarily lied about everything. She and mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't the best thing to keep it to herself, but Teresa is a victim. And yes, victims how
1: victims cope, it looks different every time.
0: And victims keep things to themselves for long long periods of time you're right yeah that it is not uncommon and it's she she i'm sure she had a lot of shame around that whole thing you know it's not that crazy to think that she would want to cover it up it's not and it's not that horrible of a thing for her to do i'm sorry i know y'all think i'm i'm a teresa apologist and i and i'm just a you know i just hate gwen for no reason and i but i sincerely in this moment with Teresa. And that Teresa's like the worst. Everybody hates Teresa. Well, some people hate Teresa. And the reason they hate Teresa cuz she lies and she's manipulative and she's this and that. In this moment though, it I didn't feel like I don't think they've given her enough um space and grace in her victimhood. No, and it's not fair. You,
1: Tara. Yeah. And like, come on, we're talking about the housekeeper's daughter and this billionaire uh, famous man and you know, like I would be scared. I would be petrified of like, if I do, if I do own my truth and speak my story, what are the cranes going to do to me?
0: Mm-hmm. That's definitely, that could definitely be part of it too. Yeah. Like there's, I, again, they don't write it that way. No. And maybe I just added my own little 2023, 2024 perspective <laughs> into it. Um, but that's what this podcast is about too. You know, we're, we're looking at passions through a, a modern <laughs> lens or whatever, you know, a current, current lens and seeing all the problems that arise. And this is one of the, one of the problems that are, has, has arisen for me. Um, but I'm going to move on. They're saying they've decided that they are going to lie to Ethan some more. <laughs> should it, should the should the opportunity arise, Teresa is going to lie again about Whether she had sex with um, Julian or not and remember she doesn't even remember having sex with Julian She doesn't even remember doing it so is I don't know is it even a lie for me if I were her I would tell if I the Situation presented itself. I would tell Ethan. Here's the thing. I was very very drunk and I don't remember having sex with Julian However, Julian says we did, but I don't know if he rem- if it, I don't know how true it is. I don't know. I'm very inexperienced. She had only ever had sex one time with um, Ethan. She doesn't know what her body would necessarily yeah. feel like the next day. So, yeah, I I feel like this was such an easy thing to get out of. Oh, I hate that this happened. This was such an easy thing for Teresa to get out of if she had just said what needed to be said yes. when it needed to be said. And again, the we don't write enough, they don't write enough of her victimhood into this. Um, so we spend a lot of time blaming her. We spend a lot of time blaming her and, I, I, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty because I can only go with what the show has given me, you know? I can only put so much of myself into it before I've created a, a completely different narrative.
1: It's true, yeah.
0: Yeah, so anyway, Ethan is wandering around town he reminisces about all the good times with Teresa. It's very sweet. We got a cute little montage that I spit. I fast forwarded through. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna hold y'all. <laughs> um, and then he thinks about, you know, all the things that just happened. And then Teresa and Whitney go back to Teresa's house. Wh- Teresa says something about like Ethan's probably never gonna want to see me again. I don't think I'll ever see him again. They go in the house and there he is. Cause I was thinking. Doesn't Ethan live at Teresa's house? Like, where the fuck is he going to sleep? He's homeless.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. Because he's not a crane anymore. Oh, no.
0: He's homeless.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: This man is going through the ringer. I feel so bad for him. But, yeah, they open the door and there he stands. And that's where we ended with them this week. Like, there's no... We don't know, but I imagine, I already I already know that where we're headed is, Teresa's about to keep the next secret, which is that she yes. has sex with Julian. And then the next secret is that she's pregnant. And then the next secret is that little Ethan is actually Ethan's baby. It's like, you know, it, well, but she thinks it's Julian's. I can't, I'm, oh, very, yes. I'm, yep, I'm looking forward sure to, I'm looking forward to that storyline, honestly, because I don't remember it that well. I I really don't remember the little Ethan. Like when I remember she got pregnant and she thought the baby was Julian's. I'm pretty sure. Right.
1: Right away. Yeah.
0: Immediately. She thinks it's Julian's because, because she had taken her very first birth control pill. The first time she had sex with, um, (laughs) Ethan.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yes. She
0: had, she had taken one singular birth control pill. (laughs) show anyway but you know what that's how teenage girls think if they haven't been taught if you grow up catholic and abstinence only sex yes, education and somebody sense. tells you this is a birth control pill it'll keep you from getting pregnant you don't know that you have to take it for at least a month before it's actually effective gotcha. but but anyway Let's move on. You got anything to add to Teresa, Ethan, Julian, all of that jazz?
1: No. No, that's great. We I think we talked about it for an hour. So. <laughs> it was, it I can't was, help I, myself. I didn't I didn't know there was an hour of material there, but we made it work.
0: I had 3 pages of notes. No, like
1: I had a I had a full page on Microsoft or yeah, on Google Docs just of of the hospital.
0: Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move on to uh david and i did it again david at the beginning no we want sam sam and grace plus david um so let's talk about this honestly i can probably blast through this pretty quickly because there's a lot of back and forth a lot of the same dialogue happening over and over and over again so uh let's pick up at the train station um grace is at the train station waiting on Sam, her husband, David is hanging around even though he allegedly had a flight to catch.
1: Yeah, mm. he has some photo photo shoot assignment.
0: It's not real. He made it up. He doesn't really have a photo oh, okay. shoot assignment. Gotcha. Yeah, he made it up, trying to in a in an attempt to um, force Grace to cancel her trip with Sam. Um, he basically created this false sense of urgency around him being able to tell her about her past. Here's the thing, though. Um, he says, you know, tonight's the night we can go out to dinner. I can tell you all about your past, all the things you, um, always want to know about your past. Um, but we have to do it tonight because I have to go, I have to go to this photo shoot and I don't know when I'll ever come back. It's now or never basically. And then he proceeds to spend the entire night with her and talks about Sam and Ivy. What you spent, you had the time to spend, you had the, the opportunity. To spend the entire night with grace regardless of the fact that sam was supposed to be there yes i get that and that he wanted to say make it clear that he feels that S- sam doesn't really care about grace he really cares more about ivy fine whatever however you had the entire night to tell her about her past and it didn't come up one time not one time not once um so what does what is coming up at the train station is david keeps telling grace oh sam's at the hospital with ivy because he cares more about ivy than he does about you and he's so selfish because he um he's standing you up to be with another woman and uh then meanwhile sam is like on his way to the train station he has his like um sirens on he has the
1: sirens going
0: yeah because he's a bad cop he's a crooked cop
1: i was i was like what are you doing
0: <laughs> he's a crooked cop he can do what he wants to do i am the police i am the law who's gonna check me boo nobody nobody's gonna check <laughs> okay, him <Sheree>. yeah <laughs> who's gonna check me boo so uh, yeah Dave is like oh yeah he's more concerned with ivy grace grace is like no maybe he's hurt. Maybe something happened. Something must have happened. He'll, he'll be here. He might be in danger. Um, David says, no, he, he just cares about Ivy. He's just standing you up. He doesn't care about you. Um, and he's like, let's, I'll take you home. You know, you're going to miss your train anyway. I'll take you home. She says, no, I can't leave the station because if Sam shows up, he'll be worried because I'm not here. Well, girl, he already done stood you up. I mean, I, and I think he would go to the next logical place. I don't think he would be that worried. I think he would just go to the next logical place, which is wherever you sleep. He would go home, go to Tabitha's house where y'all are living currently. Um, but uh, she, at that point, tries to call Sam, but he doesn't answer. Um, and David says, oh, he's just too wrapped up with Ivy right now to, to answer your phone calls. Sam's phone is like in his car. It happens. Meanwhile, Sam is racing to the train station. When the call comes over the radio that there's been an explosion at the hospital and um, the explosion happened in the emergency room. Now, he does immediately go, Ivy, because his mind immediately goes, Ivy, because she's in the emergency room. Yes. Um. So just keep that in mind for a, a subsequent conversation that is had later. But <laughs> He turns around, goes back to the hospital. Of course, because it's his job to do that. There's an explosion at the hospital. He's a first responder. He has to go back. Now, why he didn't call Grace, I don't. I will never know or understand. I'm, I don't know, but he didn't. He goes right back to the hospital. And then we get all the things that he did at the hospital with Teresa and Ivy and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, David decides to take Grace to the hospital to show her. He, when we get there he's gonna be with Ivy and uh he wants to prove that Sam is with Ivy and he doesn't care about Gray's and when they get there they learn that there was an explosion at the hospital and Sam says, see I told you <laughs> I told you it had to be something it, this explains why he didn't come didn't make it to the station um but then when she does see Sam he is in fact. With Ivy. <laughs> so Sam sees Grace and he he notices that she's upset. So he goes to talk to her um, because at this point, Sam was leaning over Ivy because she was trying to tell him something. She was like, Ugh. I can't remember what she was saying. I think it was like, Teresa, Julian. Oh,
1: yes. Teresa, Julian. Yeah. Married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's like leaned over her and it looks like, from the from the outside it looks like he's like caressing her or something you can't really see what he's doing with his hands fine um he realizes grace is standing there and he goes to tell her and explain to her it's not what you it's not what you think um i i was just trying to hear what Ivy was saying, she's weak and she's trying to say something to me and the explosion happened in her cubicle. That's another. That was another thing that they didn't know. And he told them the explosion actually happened in her cubicle. And so of course, Grace is like, oh, that makes perfect sense. David's not buying it. David's like, no, you were here with Ivy. Why didn't you come to the station? If, if it were me, I would have let some other cops handle it. And it sounds like I'm the chief of police. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's no other there's no other cops to hand this off to, right? Like,
0: uh, like I'm the chief of, of police. Why, how would I not come to the scene of a major crime in this a tiny town?
1: Explosion. Yeah, like...
0: in this tiny town, it's not like it's mm-hmm. not like he's the chief of police in New York City, where there's all kinds of disasters all over the place. Sure. It's Harmony, USA, and there's like six cops total, and most of them. And one of them's in Bermuda. Luis isn't yes. even here. They're short staffed. They're short staffed.
1: Right,
0: yep. <laughs> like, who am I supposed to pass this off to? <laughs> anyway, so David is being just like being hella annoying. Uh, he says Grace gave up the chance to go to dinner with me to learn about her past. Except you've been with her all night, and you haven't said a fucking thing about her past to her. All you can talk about is Ivy. Both of you. Both of you motherfuckers are obsessed with Ivy. If it's not if, if from from my perspective, if I'm Grace, if I'm Grace, it's like if Sam's obsessed with Ivy, so are you, David, because that's all he fucking talks about. Yeah. Oh, he talks about his Ivy and Sam and how much Sam loves Ivy. It's like oh, I don't know. I just would be more suspicious if I were Grace. She finally kind of gets there a little bit later. Um. So it is at this point that Sam accuses David of spying on them. He's like, it's odd to me that you had such perfect timing to come in and ruin my trip with my wife. And um, it just, the timing just seems very suspicious and that you wanted to have dinner with Grace on this day of all days. And this was the only day you could do it. Um, Just as we were about to go on a trip, David's like, don't change the subject and these two just bicker back and forth about ivy they fight about like imagine being sam's wife or you know what both of these she she is both of their wives right she is sam's wife she's david's <laughs> wife they both claim to love her so much but they're constantly fighting over ivy <laughs> like why don't you-
1: catch a break no
0: why are you all arguing over ivy they're bickering back and forth david's like you care more about ivy than you do about grace sam's like you you're just trying to um undermine my marriage and you don't really care about grace which is true which is true i'm I'm glad they're finally making that connection um sam says it at least two times like you it seems to me you you say you love Grace, but it seems to me all you want to do is make her unhappy and undermine her marriage. Mhm. Mhm. Um so then Sam gets called away and after he explains what happened and Grace says, you know, I understand. I knew there had to be a good reason, a good explanation. Um and Sam gets called away to like do police work and david then tells grace that you d- don't believe what sam says you 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 need to believe your eyes you know what you saw believe yourself she can't even remember what she this lady cannot remember what high school she went to believe herself believe her eyes she <laughs> this lady i mean i don't know i that's not fair i know that's not fair but she can't she can't remember the first 20 years of her life i don't know how like I I just don't know how reliable her, her brainstem is.
1: (laughs) Like, what's your, what's your gut instinct when you, you know, don't have half of your life?
0: Yeah. Like, what do you know? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, So many of your experiences are lost and so much of what, how we make decisions is based on our, our, our experiences, you know? So I, I feel like Maybe that explains why Grace does make poor decisions. <laughs> she forgot she forgot how to make good decisions when she lost her memory. That's one of the things that went in with the amnesia. Um so anyway, he's telling her, "No, you know what you saw. Don't believe." And he's getting more and more agitated. He's getting more and more worked up as he talks to Grace. Um and he's just planting trying to trying to plant more and more seeds of doubt in grace's mind and um and which is what sam had accused him of doing honestly um oh no so yes sam so he's doing these things he's talking to talking at grace telling her believe what you saw um you're you're a smart woman Sam only cares about Ivy. Ivy's his only priority. He, like, do you really think he came here to be, to, because he was worried about Ethan? Like, Ethan's a grown man. He doesn't need his daddy to help him. First of all, leave Ethan out of it, first of all. Because Ethan, Ethan, yes, he's a grown man, but he didn't, he just met his father. So to say, like, he doesn't need his daddy is like, well, maybe he does. He doesn't, he never, he never knew a supportive father and yeah. now he fi- he's finally getting a supportive father so shut up oh i hate david i hate david so much anyway w- sam is overhearing all of this um and he hears david just planting all of these seeds of doubt in grace's mind and when he comes out he accuses david of doing just that he's like you're trying to under- undermine my marriage he says to grace does this sound like a man that loves you who only wants to make you happy he's trying to undermine your marriage he's trying to make you miserable he's saying all of these things that simply are hurtful which is what i've been saying for weeks i've been saying that for weeks this man is constantly just digging in at grace just digging in beating her down tearing her down he's a he's nasty work he's a nasty nasty man and uh So then David kind of tries to turn it around on Sam and questions who Sam was more worried about when he heard about the explosion. Was it Ivy or was it Ethan? And Grace says, you know what? I can tell just by the expression on your face, Sam, that uh, I know exactly who you were thinking about and why when you heard about the explosion. She says, I know you were thinking about Ivy and I know why. It's because you knew that she was in the emergency room it's not because you love her. Great. That's wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, Sam and David continue going back and forth. I don't care. I don't care. They say the same fucking shit for three hours. No, episodes. I feel
1: the same way. I'm just, I'm not invested in the story right now.
0: You love Ivy. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Ethan didn't need his daddy. Da, da, da. Like he's a grown man. Who cares? Eventually Grace steps in, tells him to stop. This isn't making anything better. She says she's ready to go back to Tabitha's house. She says this to Sam. Sam says to her, well, I really need to stay here and do, you know, I still have some things to wrap up here. If I were Sam, I would, and if I really, really cared about Grace, like for real, for real, and was like, I don't want this man around my wife, I would not let her leave my side. I'd be like, can you, I know you want to go back to Tabitha's house, but I only have like, I don't know, 45 more minutes here. Can you, can you just like shadow me, hang out with me? Well, you know, I just want you by my side while I do this. And then we can go home together. That's exactly what I would have done. And I think Grace Grace definitely would have gone for it. But that's not what Sam does because he's an idiot. He says, no, I have some work to do here. Um, You go on home. I'll I'll meet you at home later. Uh, David says, I'll take you home. Sam says, over my dead body. Well, is Sam dead? Because David takes Grace home. That's exactly what happens. Um, They go back to Tabitha's house and um, David continues digging in with Grace. He's just saying the same shit. He's very annoying. Goes on and on about Sam loving Ivy and Grace finally stops him and says, you don't actually want what's best for me, do you? You're just trying to undermine my marriage. Yes, thank you. You're just trying to undermine my relationship with Sam. He starts to and this is when he starts to backtrack because this Mm -hmm. is the first this is the first time Grace is giving him any real pushback that is rooted in the truth like that she's picking up on something's not right here. And so he starts to kind of backtrack. He's like, no, no, I think, I think Sam's a wonderful guy. I think, I think he's great. I don't think he's a bad person. I just think he's confused and he still loves Ivy. I do think he maybe loves you, but he's confused and he still loves Ivy. And he, and this is when he's like, well, I guess I'll go now. Cause she, she does this thing that I love. I, I, I've done, I will say I've done this in the past when I'm done talking with somebody, when I'm done with a, a, a conversation well, that was, I'll see you later. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm finished talking to you. See, I'll see you later. And then I don't move. I don't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> Just, oh, God. <laughs> like, the,
0: the thing is, the thing is, this they're at, Gr- not Grace's house, but where Grace is staying, right? Yes. So, of course, he would be the one leaving. So, she, she, she tells him as much. She's like, well, take care of yourself. <laughs> I know you've got a flight to catch. Take care of yourself. He's like, oh, yeah, uh. I guess I'll, I guess I'll be going now. And, uh, David tells her before he leaves, like, you know, I never meant to add extra stress to your life. Had I known you had amnesia, I never would have come to harmony. What, huh? What do you mean? You never would have come to harmony. Had you known she had amnesia. This is the woman you say you love and were married to regardless of the situation you would show up. Right. Yes. Am I crazy the, to think that the
1: only key to her past.
0: Am I crazy to think that that regardless, regardless of whether you knew she had amnesia or not, whether you knew if she had a husband or not, you would show up and like put eyes on her and be like, I've been looking for you for 20 years. I'm so glad you're fine. I thought you were
1: dead. I never thought I'd see you again. I'm just so happy
0: to see you regardless of if you remember me or not. Like, I'm just, I would be overjoyed. I feel like. But he's like, I, I never would have even come if I knew you had amnesia and were already married and had another life. Do you love her? No, these, these are not things that a person in love says to another person. Um, so Grace says, you know what? I think I need to go back to the hospital. I need to go back and be with Sam. Why did you leave in the first place? Why did she leave in the first place? They just literally just turn around and go back to the hospital. She says, so I'm sorry I have to, I can't see you off at the airport um so just as sam is finally about to leave the hospital to go home to grace uh pilar stops him and says you have to come and get ethan he's about to murder julian so he's about to leave this is when all the like julian murder stuff starts and he goes he pulls ethan off and all of that um after the whole teresa ethan julian debacle grace shows back up at the hospital and once again she finds Sam with Ivy. And again, it's after all of this huge this huge thing has blown up. They, f- you know, and this time, Grace is not too happy about it. Like to see Sam standing with Ivy and he's comforting her at this point. Because again, um, Ethan went the fuck off on Ivy for good reason, she deserved it to be frank. Um, but Gra- once Sam explains the whole situation, Grace understands. And, but she, and I, like, oh, she's playing like the innocent act is great. She's playing the innocent act. She's like, oh, I'm so glad you're so, you're so understanding Grace. I, I see why Sam loves you. Of course I could never come in between your marriage. I'm, and I want you to know, this is really just about Ethan. I just want Sam to be there for his son. Ethan needs both of us right now. Grace is not buying it. She's like, listen. I think that e- Sam and Ethan definitely need and deserve to have a relationship with each other, but I don't believe for one fucking second, bitch, that you are not going to try and use this to your advantage to try and break up my marriage. Mm-hmm. Don't get it fucking twisted, bitch. I I like this Grace. I like this Me Grace. Too. I like we, this Grace. You don't
1: see enough of Grace like critical thinking, having a backbone. Putting people in their place, telling them where to go and how to get there.
0: Grace says, "I think you're capable of absolutely anything. Yes. So, I so I wouldn't put it past you to use this situation where your son is in pain to your advantage." Mm-mm-mm. Ivy again just continues to play innocent. Oh, the wounded plays up the wounded bird, right? <laughs> like, yes. oh, I know I've done some bad things in the past, but I know i I'm seriously, I understand that the two of you are. You know, you love each other and I, there's no breaking you up. I know there's no coming in between you. Mm. She says, I, I'm i not up to my old tricks, I promise. Now, she's not up to no old tricks. She's up to some new tricks.
1: That's right.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Meanwhile at the book cafe I just want to very quickly say Hank has a conversation with David. He finds yes. David at the book cafe of all places, considering this man said he had a flight to catch. Why aren't you on your flight? Why aren't you at the airport, lion ass? So um Hank questions David about his story, right? And he's like, "I have a question to ask you. Uh Grace was admitted to the hospital under her first name, Grace, and then they they named her grace doe in boston hospital for quite a while if you knew grace was gone had gone to boston why didn't you find her surely you the hospital would have been the one of the first places you would look for her thank you ding 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 yes thank you hank
1: no it's it's hank that is the voice of reason right now that says something and
0: then david says well grace disappeared when i was out of the country on a photo shoot that's not the story he told before. I just wanna no. put, make that clear. That is not the story he told before. But he says she, she disappeared while he was out of the country on a photo shoot. And when he got back, he searched for her everywhere to find her, but um, he couldn't find her. And Hank says, so nobody had any record of her? And David says, no, they they didn't. Maybe maybe she had been released. There would still be a record of her. And there would be a police report. Why wouldn't you have gone to the police being like, I'm looking for my wife, Grace. She disappeared. I have.'" Anyway, he didn't. Um Hank says, uh, you're trying to turn this whole thing around and try and point the finger at Sam because H- D- David's like, the real question is, how did Sam manage to get her out of Boston and manage to marry her without me finding out about it? I don't fucking know why didn't you know about it? Why How, how did you not find Grace in all of that time? How have you? How how did you not find grace? But he he tries to turn it around on Sam. He's like, and I I've done some research on the family, and I know that you, Hank, have a criminal past, and maybe maybe that's that runs in the family. And Hank's like, my brother is the most honest, most reliable, most hardworking, most like great man in the world. You like he's and he's like he's nothing like me, um, which is true. I mean they're both dumb but uh he's like don't try and turn this around hank says you're trying to turn this whole thing around point the finger at sam when all of these things that you're saying actually point back to you and make you look more suspicious absolutely true he says there's something sketchy about you and uh the way you never showed up in grace's life until now all of a sudden he says and my instincts are telling me that there's more to you showing than there's more to you showing up here than you're admitting um you're hiding something after hank leaves because hank's on him and like i've said multiple times game recognized game yes hank was a con man remember hank was a prolific con artist he knows a con artist when he sees one and after hank leaves sam makes not sam david after hank leaves david makes a phone call to someone he says i've tried everything to break up sam and grace and nothing is working turns out the person on the other side of that phone line is none other than Nobody will be surprised, Ivy. It's Ivy. Ivy's Ivy is the the pulling the strings on this, and she tells him, "I'm paying you for a mission. You better complete it. You're not gonna walk away before um, it, this mission is done. You are going to break up Sam and Grace forever." That's what I am. That's is what this happened. The
1: first time that we see the connection that that David is working for Ivy. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so it's a it's the big reveal. It's the
0: big that was the big reveal. There have been there've been if you already know what's going on, there's there have been a couple of very small clues. But if you didn't know what was going on, you would not have necessarily guessed that this was what was happening okay we're almost done y'all almost done and listen we're to the shoey storyline like i told y'all last week y'all can turn the episode off now i don't give a fuck about this no i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking don't turn the episode off you are
1: my passion for life y'all. exactly do not turn
0: the episode off do not do not because you know it, there's some cute stuff here but we're not i'm not gonna go too 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 in depth in this because i really don't care <laughs> don't i'm sorry we're gonna do this uh, this missed connections over and over again like we're gonna near miss near miss after near miss i'm over it i've been over it since before it began um so anyway diana slash sheridan is out for a midnight swim louise is also out for a midnight swim um sheridan or diana whatever you i'm gonna call her diana for our purposes here diana gets a cramp in her leg and um she starts calling out for help but she gets kind of pulled under by the undertow louise hears the cry for help and at, at first he thinks that's sounds like somebody's crying out for help kind of sounds like sheridan <laughs> and he's like hold on i'm coming and then he realizes he's like you know what no my mind's playing tricks on me that's not that was nothing but then he hears it again he's like no somebody is definitely out here so he's he's he goes trying swimming swimming trying to save them meanwhile brian wakes liz up i hate brian so fucking much i cannot stand this character he goes to liz's room in the middle of the fucking night knocks on the door wakes her the fuck up out of her sleep after not paying his bills at her at her establishment let's be clear yes. he owes her a ton of fucking money has invited some other woman to stay here for free as well and then has the audacity to come knock on her door in the middle of the night and wake this beautiful woman up and tell her I want you to go go check on Diana because when I left her she was really sad boy if you don't go lay your fucking ass down I that pissed me off as a as a as a lover of sleep (laughs) I would be so mad i'll be so mad it's like she's a grown woman okay so she was so she was sad yeah of course she's sad she has amnesia and she all she can remember is a man that she loved and thinks is dead yeah she's gonna be fucking sad let her sleep and leave her alone but you know what he was right to have them for them to go check on her because when they go to check on her she's not in her room another thing is they don't knock on the door the reason he even wanted liz to go check on her is because He was never going to knock on the door. He was just gonna let himself into her room. And he was like, it would probably startle her if a man just came into her room. And she might, in the state she's in, she might think that I was the man that she loved. Why would she think that? She never once said, you look like him. Not once has she said that. Um, But anyway, they go and check on her room. She's not there. They decide to go look for her down at the beach, find her sarong on the beach. They're like, oh my God, maybe she's in the water. I think they hear her yell for help and Brian swims out to get her. Now, at one point we get like a little vision of Sheridan or Diana kissing a, it's kissing Louise, like he finds her and she kisses him. And I was like, y'all not gonna get me. I'm not a fool. I know what this is. She's passed out. Um, Brian brings her back to shore. Uh Liz calls the doctor and the doctor said um Liz calls the doctor and the doctor said no more monkeys jumping on the bed. I'm sorry, I can't
1: <laughs> No that you're like unlocking a memory right now.
0: <laughs> Liz called the doctor and the doctor said, No more monkeys jumping on the bed. No. Um please take Sheridan up to the hotel. Anyway. They, he, Brian runs her up to the hotel. The doctor meets him there. They do CPR on Sheridan. Bring her back. She's fine. Or Diana. I keep going back and forth. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Of course, as soon as Brian runs out of like view with Diana, Louise comes out of the water, talks to Liz, explains what happened. And Liz explains to him what happened and who it was. And he's very adamant that I need to check on her like the way my fiance died. I can't imagine that happened to another person. Well, it's not, She they found her. She's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but whatever, Th- this is the important part. What happens is eventually uh, Luis never gets to see Diana. Liz takes him to like have a midnight snack and like, ha- you know, give him a drink or whatever. And at this point, Luis, and Tabitha start to share narrator duties and it was hilarious because Louise and Tabitha and you might think Latara Tabitha that's such, a, that's such a random like she's not even in Bermuda what are you talking about I know I know I know it is so random but this is what Passions did they start to tell the same story at the same time and the story is about uh Louise and uh Sheridan on the Titanic and at the time on the Titanic, they were named Susan and Liam. Yes. Yeah. Now Tabitha explains, before Luis starts telling his part of the story, Tabitha explains that Sheridan and Luis have loved, et- loved each other across many lives, uh, across many lifetimes. And so we see like an Antony and Cleopatra one. It's very short, but the main one that we, um dive into this week was the tit them on the Titanic and um she then on Luis's side he explains that he knows this story because Sheridan once told him that she and again he never uses her name he's like my fiance told me never uses her name uh that she was told th- this by a fortune teller at a at one of her birthday parties so now they, uh, this is the point where they start telling the same story. Basically, we learn that Tabitha casted a spell um, on specifically Brian, the man playing Brian, who looks like Brian or whatever, that in every lifetime he will come between Sheridan and Louise and he will be the thing, basically the thing that keeps them apart. And uh, it has worked for multiple lifetimes at this point that he shows up and he breaks them up kind of um, the, the Titanic thing. I'm definitely going to put clips of it on the, the uh, social media this week because it just needs to be seen, but they really just rip off Titanic almost entirely.
1: Yeah, b- pretty much. But you know, it's funny because Tabitha Timmy says, this reminds me of a movie and Tabitha says, yeah, the movie idea was stolen from yours. Truly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: they go on to rip off Titanic.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you've seen Titanic, which who hasn't? If you're watching this podcast, you've 100% seen Titanic because you are in my demographic. And we've all seen Titanic at least twice. I mean... Oh, at
1: least at least twice. At least four times.
0: So you already know the story of Jack and Rose. That's what they did. They Sheridan and Louise are Jack and Rose yeah. slash Susan and Liam. And it's basically the same story. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah they they, brian manages to save sheridan but doesn't manage to save louise i and it's unclear if louise was already dead in the water or if they just let him die and he like decided not to pull him onto the boat you know what i mean and it it seems like they would have just pulled him onto the boat anyway because well i guess they probably just didn't have space for like dead bodies on the on those um life rafts you know Mm -hmm. yeah i imagine they didn't yeah. I
1: loved the, I loved when Tabitha, intri- you know, she was telling the story and then you realize that, well, Tabitha was also on the Titanic, but so was Timmy, um, yeah. a past life version of Timmy. So Tabitha's telling him the story, he doesn't remember, but we get the shot of Timmy, I'm king of the world, doing his little Leonardo DiCaprio, and I thought it, it was kind of cute.
0: It was very cute. I also loved when, as the Titanic was going down, once they hit the iceberg, Timmy and Tabitha are just sitting on the deck having martinis, and Timmy's like, "It's a little warm." The talking about his drink, <laughs> and Tabitha, some ice like flies over, and Tabitha's like, "Oh, I could take care of that," and she grabs some ice from the from from the iceberg, from the iceberg and iceberg. puts it in their drinks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Passions is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they do the whole Titanic thing. I'm sorry, y'all. I just don't want to really get too much into it. Do you?
1: Uh, we can you know, if you want to I am not I'm not a big fan of this I mean the, the Titanic story is fine but I just I can't with the Brian Luis um yeah. Sheridan story you yeah. know um yeah yeah so
0: Louise is tell. the most important thing is Louise is telling Liz this story and um when she goes to check on Brian and uh, Diana she goes in and Diana is <laughs> in her like sleep state or whatever her like dream state she's murmuring Liam Liam Titanic Liam Iceberg <laughs> Titanic.
1: <Yeah.
0: laughs> I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I was just like what the fuck is this show so then Liz is like oh, I think I know who this woman is and so Brian is like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she's like, well, the the guest in number six was telling me about how his fiance believed that they met on the Titanic and their names were Liam and Susan. And like now she's murmuring about the Titanic and Liam and Susan. And like, I think maybe the, these two people have a connection. Brian's like, that's absurd. What are you talking about? Which is fair enough, honestly. That is crazy. That's a crazy thing to say and think. Um, And then he's like, and listen, the only reason she's murmuring about the Titanic is because I let her borrow my boom box with this CD and it's got Titanic, um, the theme music from Titanic on it. So that's why she's got Titanic on the brain. I mean, I guess, I guess. And, uh, that's really basically what happens. Sheridan then, or Diana, she, at one point she starts to sleepwalk. She wakes up, and she's like he's here liam he's here so she wakes up she makes her way into sh- to Luis's room and she kisses him calls him liam she says liam and she kisses him he doesn't wake up that's really where we ended with them this week I-, I i mean i already know that literally nothing is going to come of this and i think that's why it makes it so hard and frustrating to talk about um because I have at le- we have at least at least two hundred episodes before we get to like the reveal of Sheridan being Diana, and right? Luis. Like
1: this is this is a long story.
0: Yeah, and Louise realizing she's alive, and so every time they do this, I just get irritated. I get so irritated. I get so irritated because I know that nothing's going to come of it, and it it's just extremely frustrating. So. You got anything to add? That's all I have for this week.
1: No, I'm good with that. We'll leave the rest on St. Lisa's.
0: Yeah. So that's all, everybody. Um, Steven, thank you so much for being with me today. Where can everybody find you online?
1: Uh, I guess you can look me up on my Instagram, Instagram and Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, um, just at Stephen Wenzel. Um, it was such a joy to be back, Latara, and uh, congratulations on getting to episode six hundred. You know, this was uh, a, pa- a pandemic project, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: um, and it's been it's been such a treat to follow along for uh, throughout the years now. Oh,
0: thank you, thank you. Well, you also have a Substack, yes.
1: I do. Yes. It's uh, the blueprint902.substack.substack.com. I'll, so I'll link that I'll link it in the follow description my work there.
0: I will link it in the description because Stephen is a journalist, y'all, if you didn't know. Stephen's a real journalist. So, check out his Substack. And you can find me as always on all of the social medias. Check the link in the description um for that. And with that, you are my passion for life.